and welcome to our Risk Insights podcast. This series is all about climate change. I'm your host, Rasheen Geraghty, and in this episode, I'm talking with David Hounsell, Senior Liability Risk Consultant with Zurich Risk Engineering, about how rising temperatures will impact the workforce. David, can you set the scene for us? What's happening to our temperatures in the UK? Hi, Rasheen. Well, in broad terms, we're in for warmer, drier summers and warmer, wetter winters. Focusing on summer temperatures, the whole of the UK will be impacted, with the southeast seeing potentially the biggest rise according to the Met Office predictions. These temperatures will continue to rise even with changes to emissions, but the increase will be based on how much impact we make on those emissions. Met Office projections show the potential for a four to seven Celsius increase by 2060 to 80 with the possibility of heat waves similar to 2003 every other year by 2040. So it's also the frequency of the heat waves that will give cause for concern. And it's clear they're set to become more and more frequent. So what impact do hotter summers have on us as humans as we try to carry on working as we do now? The most severe heat wave in the UK was recorded in August 2003. Temperatures in Kent reached as high as 38.5 Celsius. Across the UK, it led to just over 2,000 deaths. But in France, the same heat wave was linked to 15,000 deaths. It's a serious issue for human health. We can think of the impact as direct and indirect. Direct consequences are dehydration, heat exhaustion, and the more serious heat stroke. And while not related to temperature, we may see an increase in sun exposure and therefore skin cancers. Indirect consequences are those relating to our behavior and emotional response to situations. Fatigue, information processing issues, anger, disorientation, all can lead to mistakes, lapses, or violations of rules, which are often causative of accidents. Will there be a difference in how people will be affected depending on the type of work they do or the industry that they work in? Yes, definitely. There's lots of factors that will influence the impact of these temperatures on the workforce. Work and workplaces may become more uncomfortable in general for many people. However, where heat is already a risk, this will be exacerbated by a hotter climate. So for those individuals, the following will be an issue. Work outdoors, especially where there is poor access to shelter and water. Availability of fresh air below the ambient temperature. So that means the wind outside or ventilation indoors shift work in the middle of the day or a lack of control over when workers work or when they can take breaks. Related to this is the impact of hot nights on our ability to sleep, rest and recuperate. And the final factor is how demanding the work is physically, emotionally and mentally. We mustn't forget that everyone's mood will be affected by higher temperatures and this may make personal relationships more strained and possibly confrontational. So will densely populated areas see a greater impact? Yes, I think so. Highly developed urban areas where we have lots of blocks of flats or office buildings and not much green space will see higher temperatures still. But not only that, there's also the correlation with poor air quality, which is also a major risk to human life and health because people will want to open their windows in a heat wave to circulate the air better. In urban areas is also exacerbated by air conditioning as units emit heat into the environment. So those who work and live in more densely populated or heavily built up areas are more vulnerable to heat health problems. For example, in 2003, the high number of deaths in France and its urban centres in particular were attributed to a lack of mobility, along with some pre-existing medical conditions. 
housing characteristics associated with the fatalities were a lack of thermal insulation and people sleeping on the top floor in particular, right under the roof. A high overall temperature around the building was a major risk factor, as was a failure to adopt protective behaviours such as dressing lightly and the use of cooling techniques and devices. So you mentioned buildings there. What role do our buildings play in protecting us in a heat wave? Well, where we live and work clearly plays a role in how vulnerable we are to heat. There's no law for a maximum working temperature in the UK, but employers must abide by health and safety law and keep the temperature reasonable. That's all well and good for those of us who work in a controlled environment and buildings constructed with the workforce in mind. Designers will increasingly have to focus on three things. Their choice of materials, particularly the amount of glass and level of insulation provided. The direction the building faces with regard to the sun and building features that provide shading. And lastly, ventilation, air conditioning and climate control. But when it comes to people who work outside, such as those in construction or who work from home, those environments aren't controlled by aircon very often and they are at a greater risk in a heatwave. Even those who use public transport to travel to work or school will be at greater risk. A study by the independent newspaper in June 2019 showed the temperature on seven of the London Underground lines exceeded 30 Celsius, the highest being 33.4. It was Jubilee line if you're interested. As a comparison, a reading was taken on the top deck of a bus. This was no better. It reached 33 Celsius. We also need to consider the impact of hotter temperatures on buildings and building services. So, for example, heat gain in water systems may increase bacteriological growth, including that of Legionella. Higher ambient temperatures will affect the time foodstuffs can be stored without refrigeration. What kind of risk mitigation and plans will organisations whose employees work outside need? There's a number of options people can consider, such as rescheduling or allowing work at cooler times of the day, provision of more frequent rest breaks and introducing shading to rest areas, free access to cool drinking water, introduction of shading in areas where individuals can work, encouraging the removal of personal protective equipment when resting to help encourage heat loss, or the provision of different PPE to protect against the sun or to improve cooling. And finally, the education of workers about recognising the early symptoms of heat stress and the importance of using the risk mitigation methods mentioned and provided by their employer. residents of housing associations or those in something like long-term care facilities what plans will need to be in place for them so healthcare agencies will need to protect vulnerable residents in hospitals daycare settings or retirement homes and the like many of the measures mentioned previously about building features and protecting employees will also be relevant to service users and tenants there may also be a need to plan for alternative locations for building occupants vulnerable to high temperature where their usual place of residence is not suitable. Thanks, David. So we've established over these podcasts that there's a lot of work for organisations and governments to do to curb carbon emissions, but everyone can help in their own way. So what's one thing you do in your household to live more sustainably? In terms of reducing contributions to global warming and air quality, it has to be my choice of transport, fuel sources and the products that I buy. As consumers, we can have a huge impact on what is provided in the market. So a few examples might be to make local journeys by foot or by bicycle, to plan the week to avoid unnecessary car journeys. 
Obviously, COVID-19 has set back our use of public transport, but using this does reduce our individual environmental impact considerably. We can consider switching utility suppliers that use renewable energy instead of fossil fuels. And finally, we can buy locally sourced food, seasonal food or food that has used surface transport to get to market. Fantastic. There's so many options there for people. David, thank you so much for being on this podcast episode. We hope you have enjoyed listening. And if you want any further information on climate risk topics, listen to our other episodes in the series. 